Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to BR Football Ranks. There's a poem today you'll be glad to hear. Because I have some issues with that team of the year that the players picked out of FIFA's the best. And some of these selections are hard to digest. I reckon there's six they got right and five they got wrong. You can keep Alisson, Messi, Ronaldo, Van Dijk, De Ligt, De Jong. But let's work through the others. Let's start with Marcelo. And this is very much not personal. He seems a nice fellow. But last year he got dropped for a 21-year-old kid. While the worst season in ages rolled on at Madrid. And Marcelo's a Real legend. I'm not doubting that at all. But Andy Robertson must be seething, throwing punches at a wall. While we're on Madrid legends, let's talk about the skipper, who, let's face it, last year did his club up like a kipper. A yellow card on purpose, Ramos got himself suspended, and he could only watch on as their Champions League reign ended. The cameras in his box there to film for his show saw Frankie Matthias and the boys deliver blow after blow, and the reigning champions were silenced by Johan Cruyff's vision, while their captain sat alone lamenting his decision. And what of Luka Modric? On that faithful night, left on the floor, the best before, out of mind and out of sight. In a season that should have seen us enjoy his golden hours, we saw a man who appeared to have used up all his powers, who had lost all of his magic, his pizzazz, his myth, his spark, as Madrid chased shadows and were played off the park. Three lost Blancos legends who have had their time to shine. But that time was not last year, and that's the bottom line. The last two are trickier, and the debate here is high. But for me, Hazard and Bappe still hard to justify. If I sat here and knocked their talent, I'd rightly be called insane. And I think they're both class and had good seasons. I have a brain. That's not to say, though, that their selections can't be queried. And I think there were others who should be there in front from other sides period. Hazard carried Chelsea to third in the Europa League crown. 21 goals, 17 assists. There's nothing to knock down. Apart from Blues fans didn't fancy third or the Europa dream. They wanted Sarri out for winning those things. So what did it really mean? And Killian scored a ton as Paris cantered through Ligue 1. But when they were given the best in Europe, they came out looking dumb. And on the biggest stage, the one they crave, Mbappe couldn't deliver. So perhaps there might be others who are in here with a sliver. What of Salah? What of Mane? What of Trent? What of Robbo? Europe's champions having less players than Madrid? For me, that's a no-no. And not a single City player, despite the treble that they won. Bernardo wants a word. Raheem wants more than one. So there's my big complaints as ever, written down in verse, about a team that's managed to wind up almost the entire football universe. I'd have Mane and Hazard and Modric replaced by Bernardo. Trent instead of Ramos and Marcelo out for Robbo and Kylian Mbappe classy is is in Salah or Sterling's spot and I think that sorts the team out from the bottom to the top but whoever should be in there whoever side you're on there's one thing on which we all agree the team they picked was wrong Oh, Woo! yes, Jack. Yes, Jack. That's the first poem you've ever done that I thought that was genuinely it's really about, good. He's had a couple of weeks break. Yeah, had a rest. Some, yeah, he's had a rest. And then something's really wound him up and he's just used it. Oh, he's been set free. Oh, <laughs> fantastic. That was fantastic. really good. Like Thanks. loyal Karna. And I mostly, <laughs> I mostly agree. The, the, the team was, was a proper shambles. It was, wasn't my, it? My big takeaway was that footballers don't watch football. Yeah. <laughs> they don't watch football, they don't guys. Like it. They're just like, oh, that guy was good last year. Anyway, yeah. my name is Jack Collins, and this is the best football podcast on planet Earth. So joining me to begin with today are the devilish, the dynamic, the dream duo dishing dirt, dreams, and dogmas. Melon in hand as ever is Dean Jones. Hello, mate. <laughs> and of course, the rank god, Lord of the List, Sam Tai. Hello, mate. How are we, boys? Good? Really Apart good. from that FIFA 11. I feel, no, you, I feel fired up. up. From your poem. Thanks, man. I feel fired up. That's it. It's very inspiring, I've got to say. Yeah. Well, later on, we're going to have another inspiring guest, new BR football presenter. 
hour in the West. Taking one of our jobs or? No, he hasn't taken any of our jobs, (laughs) so that's good. He's uh, here to do our Champions League coverage. And with the rant about the World 11 all done, let's go on some hot takes for the week. Sam, do you want to kick us off? Sure, okay. Uh, I'm less angry than you. (laughs) Actually, I'm coming at you from a very positive perspective. Oh, nice. I spent nine hours and 50 minutes split between Friday and Monday playing FIFA 20 on early access. I have many, many takeaways about the game, but I will deliver one with absolute glee. Barcelona are finally good to play with again. (laughs) For the first time in like six years, the game mechanic has not ruled them out of contention. I think it's back when David Villa played for them, they were last actually usable because of the way FIFA works, because of its over-reliance on how strength and speed dominates all. That's why Ronaldo is so much better on the game than Messi. But FIFA 20... They swung the pendulum back the other way. So basically Friday, sat there playing with my friend. You know, you go into kickoff mode. You start you know, working through the different teams, trying to figure out what you like. I hit Juventus, PSG, Real Madrid, City, Liverpool. And then almost reluctantly, I went, oh, I'll give Barca a go. Why not? I guess they're pretty good. Not expecting much, as you have done on lots of other editions. But they blew me away. They've actually, they've actually nailed them because the way the game works, yeah, it's speed orientated, but the strength element has been taken out a bit. And they're technical players you can use them in a technical way. So like Messi now is good, finally. Someone but like Good that they've made the best player on the game good. Yeah, good. Well, they've failed for the last five years. So like, it's actually genuinely the achievement. But also someone like Artur is so slick and so nice to use. So is Dembele. So is Frankie de Jong. You play the classic Barca 4-3-3. You can play de Jong and you can play Artur just in front. You can ditch Busquets because he's too slow. But these boys, technically speaking, they're so good. And it really comes across in the game. And with Messi, it's about goddamn time. Because the last few years, like obviously Ronaldo is going to be better, but when you're, when you're in a position where Gareth Bale, Leroy Sané, and even Herving Lozano are more destructive players than Leo Messi, your game is wrong. Yeah, you haven't, but, but you Barca, haven't made it work. But Barca are back on FIFA. Messi is back on FIFA. It feels good, man. And I imagine the big takeaway is that it's more playable than FIFA 19 because I know you had serious gripes. Well, if you were an early listener to the podcast, you knew that I shelved it back in December and I just didn't play it again for about six months or so. Just gave it up. Goodbye. Been eagerly awaiting this uh, this this edition. It is better. Literally anything else could have been better. Kicking the balls is better than playing FIFA 19. <laughs> but this is genuinely, at base level, quite a good game. Oh, I'm, I'm glad to hear it. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm enjoying. I haven't. I've only played the demo. I haven't yeah. played the full game yet, but it did seem perfectly playable when yeah. I played it. It comes out fully in a couple of days, and I, I implore you to give Barca a go. Um, this, look, let's put it into context. Like, I think someone like Liverpool is still going to be a bit better, but Barca are no longer that team that you just completely disregard. Like, you can have fun with them, and that's the point of the game. Good, excellent. Right, Dean, what have you got for me? I'm not as cheery. No, <laughs> obviously, I've noticed. Um, some Spurs fans are starting to turn on Mauricio Pochettino, particularly Hi. after their defeat. My hot take is sort yourselves out. What, Tottenham or the fans? Tottenham fans. <laughs> sort yourselves out. Both, to be fair. But <laughs> If I was a Tottenham fan, I would be more worried about someone poaching Pochettino than encouraging him to leave the club. I've seen on Twitter, um, he's taken us as far as he can. It's the end of his cycle. He's run out of ideas. Stop it. You are losing your heads. People do it on radio phone-ins as well, straight after the game, moaning about it. You can't listen to radio phone-ins. They bring out the very worst in people. But the people are there. They didn't. These people weren't saying these things that long ago, and now they're saying them, and I'm worried about what brings you to this point. Do you remember what it was like before Pochettino came in? 
AVB, Tim Sherwood, Gilet Ramos. Gilets everywhere, guys. Come you on. We now have one of the top five managers in the world. And sorry, Tottenham fans, you're not getting another top five manager anytime soon. You're not getting a Klopp. You're not getting a Pep. You're not getting a Conte. You're not getting a Tuchel. Those guys are not coming to Tottenham next. I don't know where you would go next. Maybe you'd end up with someone like Mourinho. That's not a good place to be on the back of what Pochettino's been building. Champions League finalists, best stadium in England, best number nine in Europe. Pochettino's helped make all of these things possible. And I just think you can finally stand alongside the biggest clubs in Europe pretty comfortably and say, right, we can give you give you a run for your money. They could beat Real Madrid and no one would be surprised. Who's responsible for that? Pochettino. Zidane. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Look, I understand. Like, there can be some criticism. Yeah, there needs to be Pot, criticism. And that's it hasn't fine. Been great. But he hasn't won a away game in something like nine months since January, since January. when he beat Fulham. Fine. That doesn't even count. Criticise him for that. But it doesn't mean it's time for a new manager. Like, that's the last thing Tottenham needs to be doing right now is trying to build all over again. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I think it's pretty spot on. To be honest. Sam, have you got any more? Um, I would say that Pochettino is more important to Tottenham than any single player. Uh, is more important to Tottenham than Harry Kane. And if Tottenham were faced with the decision of losing one of them, I would sell Harry Kane and keep Pochettino. That's how important I think he is. That's how integral I think he is. Third topic, which was, as ever, decided on Twitter by our Monday poll. If you don't already, make sure you get involved to vote for your favourite topic to be discussed every week. And this week we asked you which of the weekend's big games you wanted us to discuss. And despite my pleas to vote for Bologna versus Roma. And despite my pleas to go for one, option one or two, Granada versus Barcelona or the Milan derby. We went for the one that neither me or Sam wanted you to pick, which is Liverpool versus Chelsea, in which the Reds maintain their perfect start of the season, albeit it was far from easy. Dean, what did you make of the game? I made out of it that Liverpool have actually overcome a tough test. Chelsea played much better as the game wore on and any criticism that I'd laid at Lampard's door before that game, they actually addressed quite a lot of them, particularly the fact that they've been tiring around the hour mark. They seem to actually get stronger and stronger and had this new energy and belief about them. (laughs) Kante massively um, influences that. Um, But from Liverpool's point of view, they've had a test now and they've come through it and they come through it pretty well. And I think that, you know, it's no longer clearly that you're relying on Mo Salah. Last season, people kept pointing at their door, yeah, but if Mo Salah wasn't scoring the goals, then Liverpool wouldn't be in this situation. It's like, well, that's that's not this anymore. Well, Mane was scoring all the goals last. There are people scoring goals from all over the place now in this Liverpool team. And and yet that's a massive... Vic- just circling back to Chelsea a little bit, and just a quick view from you, Sam, before we move on to everybody's favourite part of the show. Um, <laughs> it's another good performance from Chelsea albeit another loss at home and potentially another game they were unlucky to lose. They've not won at the bridge in the league or the Champions League this season. Is Lampard improving this side? Because despite initial misgivings, I feel like he's potentially getting somewhere, even if the points aren't necessarily showing it. You know, Liverpool are probably the best side in the league right now. Yeah, yeah. You're not going not gonna to criticise them too heavily for losing. They went toe-to-toe for 90 like, minutes. Yeah, I mean, literally from a perspective of they lost their first game of the season 4-0, yeah, they're in, yeah, they are improving. They are getting somewhere. It's taken Lampard to tweak the formation a little bit, tweak the lineup a little bit, um, look at some different options, put some faith in certain players, and drop others. It's, it's he's tinkering through his lineup and six games in the Premier League, one Super Cup game, and so eight eight overall. And he's changed quite a lot. Yeah, yeah. Like he really has cycled through those options. So good on him. 
for doing it because he's not stubborn, which is the exact opposite of their previous manager. So he's got the Chelsea fans on board by just throwing stuff at the wall and seeing, right, what have I got? What works? Yeah, yeah. And the, the improvement is tangible. To be honest, look at the Valencia game and the Liverpool game. They've been undone on set pieces. Like that's, yeah. It's such a small thing. I think they're already getting cutting down all the things that is wrong with Chelsea. And already we're at the point where, okay, it's two free kicks, which yeah. one you couldn't have done anything about. Um, I missed a penalty against Valencia. Yeah, there's small margins that, now for very Chelsea. Fine. I think, you know, they might actually end up finishing a bit closer to that top six than I first imagined. Last thing before the break, Dean, is that fruity time of the week. So it's what have you got for me? for Melon of the Week. <laughs> this week's Melon of the Week is the sun-ripened melon. Oh, you've chopped it up and put it in a... Uh, this is not a real melon. This is what packaged, a fake melon. This is packaged melon. And I'm not I don't think sun ripened melon is a real thing. Like I don't I don't know if they, they just cut this up and left it. I'm in disappointed the in the lack of a fresh melon. Where um, is the melon? Where is it? Sherante melon, this is called. <laughs> They'd run out of actual melons, so I had to what, the whole country? find something else. I only went to a couple of shops. Your melon of the week. Um, so I'm <laughs> definitely a contender for melon of the week for not being able to find one. But we knew we were gonna get in this situation soon. There's not a million melons out there to choose from. Anyway, we're going to eat this later because it does look quite nice. This week's Melon of the Week, sponsored by the sun-ripened <laughs> melon, is Barcelona coach Ernesto Valverde. Uh, I feel like a lot we, of Barcelona fans might agree with this. We found a way to talk about Granada Barca anyway. Granada 2, Barcelona nil. Days after a lucky nil-nil draw. At Borussia Dortmund, it's mm. a bad week. Why can't Barcelona play away from Barca. home? Well, and this is this is a thing that's been going on for like two years. Yeah, yeah. This is a whole thing. It's not just like the Liverpool um, away game that has supposedly scarred them. It's not even the Roma game the year before. It's been going on for ages. Yeah, they're I, really bad away. Been, it started in the Champions League. They were really bad away in the Champions League, and now it's just spread into La Liga. You get them at a Camp Nou, they put five past you. They didn't. You know, Griezmann doesn't have a shot on goal in any of his away. Mate, games I actually feel sorry season. for Griezmann to be honest, because of the roles that he's being used in. What What's actually annoying me, and the reason he's 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 melon of the week is not just because. He's failing to win away games, and it is actually eight, their last eight away games now he's failed to win. But the fact that the going gets tough, and he's kind of now just like, okay, we'll stick these four up front, and it's like Messi, Griezmann, Suarez, Fatty, well, well, they're all on the pitch. Like, surely one of them will do something. And I'm not sure how, I mean, this might change by the time people listen to this podcast because they do play, but like, certainly in the matches so far, they don't really have to find roles in there that, that seem to work. Like Messi kind of floats between the, behind the three of them and they haven't figured that out yet because he's been out injured for so long. They haven't got any chemistry between them. It sounds he, like Zidane's Real Madrid. It is it like Zidane's Real Madrid. Chuck four players on, they'll find a solution. No they don't problem. need to be at this stage. My final point on him as Melon of the Week is that he's not getting the best out of Frankie de Jong. Frankie de Jong's trying so hard to try and do what he mm. did at Ajax and he wants to get on the ball and he wants to look forward and there just aren't the options or the team shape that he's expecting and that he wants to drive into. He has to fix this quickly. Thank you, Dean. We we love melon. No worries, man. I'm going to eat we them We do. You munch on that melon. Right. We're back after the break with Mr. Aaron West to talk football bucketing. Welcome back to BR Football Ranks, where we are delighted to be joined by a new member of the rank squad, Mr. Aaron West, how you doing, man? You good? Feeling good, man. Feeling good. Thank you guys for having me. We're really, really hyped to have you here, man. And welcome to the squad. And so Aaron is the presenter of BR Football's Out Here coverage on Champions League nights. 
Well, your first escapade took you to Athens to visit Olympiakos. Obviously, we'll get onto that a little bit later on, but how's it been so far? Are you enjoying the gig? Yeah, man, it's good. I get to talk about football for my job, so I, I literally cannot complain. <laughs> <laughs> I used to work at a desk, and it wasn't football. So anything I do from here on out is, is amazing. Absolutely. <laughs> I, love that. I love that attitude. I used to have that attitude. <laughs> yeah, but Sam's now jaded. I still, have it. It's, oh, I still it's haven't gotten jaded yet. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm still real happy. Yeah. <laughs> Sam, Sam's just grumpy now. I've, I've been beaten down. <laughs> but, I, I get that it happens man. it happens hopefully so, I can bring some joy back for you <laughs> absolutely so today we're going to be talking football bucket list which is obviously quite fun the things we want to achieve in the game things we want to see before we kick the bucket I don't want this to you know induce I could, PTSD I could be gone by the time this pod's over <laughs> hurry up <laughs> So I'm going to throw it to you, Aaron, to kick us off. Sure, we'll all have different things going on that we want to talk about. But as a guest of honor, the floor is very much yours. Yeah, man. Uh, I want to see a Classico in the Camp Nou. I have to. I've been to Madrid. I've been to the Bernabeu, but I've never been to the Camp Nou. So I have to see Barcelona play in person. I have to see Real Madrid play in person. And I need to be in Camp Nou. I haven't been. Okay. I'd be delighted to do it. But I didn't want to put it in my little list because I thought it was a bit... A bit obvious? Are you gonna? Yeah, I mean, it is. It's like the most obvious, but it's so obvious. Like you can't leave it off the list. <laughs> it no. could be like a list of six, where it's like, of course, I want to go to the Camp Nou to yeah. see a Classico. Yeah, it's and everyone's then, bucket list. Yeah, everyone. it's just like. Have you been? It's not off my bucket list. No, I haven't for, done the Classico. Like I. Um, so boys trip. We're going. I, do you know? I genuinely, when in the prep for the, for this, I was thinking like, we need to tick some of these off together. Yeah, no. I smell content. It's, yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not putting it out there. But, um, we're putting it out there. I'm putting it yeah, out there. Exactly. You guys don't get in trouble. Put it on wax. <laughs> Send us there. So, but it's, it is one of those, isn't it? It's, uh, so many people in the responses, we put this out on Twitter, Instagram, we'll get that onto that a little bit later down the line because there were some excellent responses. But this is something that cropped up over and yeah. over again. And people have that thing about, about the new camp, about wanting to go there. And I think it's an important place in general. But it, yeah. a lot of people have been to the Burnham. But I think, yeah, if you're going to go, you, you want to <laughs> see the Classico, don't you? Because you just can't be sure on, any other, on most other games of the atmosphere being as good as you want it. Like if you're going there, you want to see it at its best. Um, so you could have to fork out the extra like yeah, so, so how much does this cost extra grand or whatever well, it's, well, it's more be. like can you get a ticket that's the question you no, can always no. get a ticket these days if you've got the money what's in then the next one Aaron? next is another one that's on everyone else's list Boca River a super classico and I want to go to the Bomanetta I've never been to Argentina growing up in the states we had like Fox soccer channels so I and they had Argentine football so when I was younger I used to watch it all the time so I grew up like loving Boca Juan Ruan Calame like those guys uh, for some reason uh, really liked Boca over River. I don't know why. Uh, Is it Raquel May? It was Raquel. <laughs> well, it was to Raquel. Be fair, I, I love like Adi Ortega as well, but like something yeah. about Raquel May just, it was Raquel May. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We've, we've settled on it. It was Raquel May. <laughs> <laughs> that's where it is. It's the number 10 shirt that Boca has. That's yeah. significant. Uh, so that's a Classico, but just even better. A yeah. Super Classico. Super Classico. I mean, I think also the importance yeah, of this is, is based in where it is. And, and I think either ground, obviously, two incredible stadiums, two incredible fan bases. Obviously, there's no away fans, which makes atmosphere different. And that's yeah. always something to note. But I don't think it would have been the same given the one in Madrid last year. And just just a little bit different. I think it has to be in Argentina if you're going to go and do there's it. There's one coming up, isn't there? Um, there's always one coming up. Um, <laughs> they play each other about eight times I, a year. But I think it's literally like October the 1st or something. They're playing each other. And I just wonder how it's going to change now in terms of... I think already there was a massive awareness of it. But I think there was a level of football followers, particularly in England that actually didn't know much about it until what happened last year. Mm. Certainly some of my friends didn't realise it was that big a thing. They hadn't watched much South American football. And now I think it's going to lift another level globally, certainly. 
locally, it can't really get any big, much bigger, like, no. ever. Locally, no. if it gets any bigger, there's going to be, you know, <laughs> wars and things. Yeah. So it's probably, it's probably best it doesn't get any bigger bring in the lower tier just to separate <laughs> Let's keep these rolling, because we're going to get through a lot. We are, yeah. yeah. What's up next? Number three, Anfield. Anfield. For a Champions League night, I need to see... I need to see it. I need to hear it. I need to feel it. Like talk to everyone in football. It's like you have to go to Anfield. You but, hear about like the people, you know, clubs turning up for the big atmosphere, the big night. But it feels like Anfield is is a is a step ahead in terms of when they when they turn up the volume. It is ridiculous. Um, I haven't been on the Champions League night, and I would that is what I would love to do for sure. Yeah, but, particularly when they're this good. Yeah, yeah, I think that helps, yeah. doesn't it? It's I have not... been to Champions League nights, not one of the biggest ones, but even then, like genuinely, there was one time the first Champions League night I had at Anfield, and I genuinely did get goosebumps and i didn't believe that could ever be a thing it is unreal it really is that's like, what it's, i've heard from everyone you, like actually taking that moment it's so loud and like it's so genuine you can't help it it genuinely like makes you shiver a little bit um i mean it was probably like november or december so i was probably freezing you were just it. cold <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, like the, the end of the barcelona comeback where they just sang you'll never walk alone for like four minutes mm. as the, as the players paraded around after that comeback that was just one of those things you look at and you're just like man i wish i was there for that i don't even support liverpool when you're like i want to be in there absolutely yeah. i think it's one of those i've always wanted to go to a you'll never walk alone derby or you never walk alone fixture because there's three clubs in Celtic. world football that sing it. Obviously Dortmund, Dortmund. Celtic and Liverpool. Mm. And there are videos on the internet of like Celtic and Liverpool and the entire stadium just yep. belting it. It's like one of those things you're like, yep, that's yeah. shivers. Totally, I'm watching yeah, I this through a the... screen. It's something about that, I think, and the song and the anthem that really rings true. I got to hear the Dortmund fans singing it, the yellow wall. It was, I mean, it wasn't quite the yellow wall because it was Champions League against uh, Monaco, but the entire stadium was full. They were all singing it. You get that those goosebumps. Yeah, yeah. It's like... I was never super into supporter culture. I've always been about like the on-field product um, and like the players and like the tactics and transfers and things like that. But as I've been more on the media side of things, I've started to care more about supporter culture. And you realize how important it is, especially in America, because we don't really have quite the same culture here. It's we don't sing during the games like people sit down, people uh, like go get popcorn yeah. it's, it's yeah. just a completely it's more different just something that's an event that's yeah. going on and it's you're watching it completely different viewer experience but as i've i've explored more of this side oh man the supporter culture especially like some of these big european clubs and and south american like mm. argentinian brazilian all, all over the world man that's it's, it's just fascinating to me now the older i get and the more i like learn about people <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. i suppose there's clubs like Liverpool and maybe like those clubs you just mentioned where support culture is sort of part of the fabric of the city mm-hmm. and part of the fabric of, you know, the community around it. And that makes a massive difference. I think once you know that you're part of or you're going to something to experience it as something that will, you know, lift or, or close the mood of a whole city, then then everything starts to shape around that. And that's yeah. quite an exciting prospect, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. What's in at number two? Huh? Brazil, Argentina. Uh, this is kind of a cheat because I want to see it both in Argentina and in Brazil. I need to see it at the Maracanã. Uh, probably the Bombonera again. Uh, but it's another one of those, like, of course, dude, we could have written your list for you. But they're all <laughs> such good games that I haven't seen. They have to go on the list. What like, about as like a World Cup final? Oh, man, God. that That's just... <laughs> would that be better? Now, be... oh, now we're just doing too much. That's, I can't I even know, dream though, of that. It yeah. be because the problem is with the World Cup final with those two teams is you'd have so many neutrals. So for me, a World Cup final, an ideal World Cup final would be to, to watch Netherlands and France play because those are the two teams that I grew up loving so much. Okay. Uh, they were like full of guys that looked like me. They played beautiful football. They were like Ajax and Netherlands football was the my entry into the game. So mm-hmm. I always loved France, always loved Netherlands. So to see... 
uh, a World Cup final, like in the Johan Cruyff Stadium or something like that, uh, between Netherlands and France. Okay, maybe let's put that top of the <laughs> I should have probably thought about this. That's the issue. Like, it, I just wrote them down because if I thought about it too long, I would have come in here with a list of like 25. Yeah, and yeah, you guys yeah. would be like, hey, man. Uh, yeah, shock horror, there relax? are more than five things in there too. We gave you a list of five. Please yeah, yeah. chill. Please calm it down. We'll just, just list them off. Like, we haven't I'm got not time done to, yet! We haven't got any time to discuss any of these things. We're just going to like list them off and go. Yeah, so, Brazil, I mean, Brazil, Argentina is known as the Super Classico of the Americas. So, so far you've picked three Classicos. Classicos, baby. It's all about those Classicos. I'm just a classic man. Just a classic guy. <laughs> just a classic man. I mean, it's the defining international rival isn't it obviously Germany Netherlands runs it potentially a little bit close but Brazil Argentina has always been the yeah. one that which side of the fence would you fall on I honestly don't know probably Argentina just now mm. but I think that would change I think the thing with national teams is obviously they change so quickly yeah. that it would very much depend on the personnel and what was riding on it yeah. I went to uh, at the last World Cup I went to Argentina when they played against Iceland and it was mad like we were among Argentinian fans mainly and their passion and how much they care about that team is crazy also the fact that every single person has Messi 10 on the back of their shirt like nobody else gets a look in all of the other ones they're all rubbish you can buy one <laughs> then think, like the other 10 might not even be in the squad the next week <laughs> yeah, totally it's like and it's just this unbelievable obviously they ended up losing that game um, Iceland surprised them as a missed penalty and all sorts. It, it really went, it was a bad, bad day for Argentina. Uh, but even then, it was like, that was a bucket list moment for me, going to see Argentina at a World Cup. So, And I probably, if I was to go to Argentina, Brazil, just because of experiencing that, think I'd want Argentina to enjoy it. I want to see them have some success and actually win a World Cup. Mm. So, yeah. I just want to see Brazil win in general not necessarily for the football team but when brazil wins their their supporters are so much fun mm-hmm. they're like, crazy fun. <laughs> they're yeah. so much fun it's just a laugh yeah we'll be enjoying the party and it's, that's that yeah it's so interesting to like different countries viewing experiences like obviously you can't paint everyone in the country the same no, but of course. brazilians every time i've watched a match with brazilians it's literally they're all even if we're watching on tv they're all like playing music singing like dancing, dancing. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's such an interesting experience but argentines are just so serious I, c- I couldn't passion. i couldn't have any brazil success because our graphic designer mateus is brazilian that leaves one more man what's in at number one aaron this is we assume it's a big one i feel like i'm cheating a little bit because i'm going to turkey tomorrow so but it's it's something that's been on my bucket list legitimately since i became a football fan uh galatasaray Fenerbahce, the intercontinental derby um the fan basis for those two clubs, just Turkish football in general is something that I just became more aware of in recent years. And in the whole like, come to Besiktas thing, the, the meme that kind of launched everyone's awareness. Yeah, that definitely it. helps. Yeah, mean, people I, realize how passionate they are now as a, partially as a result of that, because every post on Instagram is just, just full filled. of it. Come to Besiktas, come to Besiktas. <laughs> and it's, it's like, it's some, one of those things that I didn't fully understand until a few years ago. Again, like just, learning more about supporter culture and just how deeply they care mm. about their football. And, it, and Turkey has had a long history of, like, really, really strong players. Yeah, yeah. So it's not like they don't they don't have a culture to, to like, be, to fall back on. So yeah, yeah. it's just so strong in, like, the everything that I've seen, the, the TIFOs, the flares, just the intense love of the game that they have there. I cannot wait to see it. Which end are you going to be in? 
Galatasaray. And then, so on to the Champions League game in midweek. Who have they got midweek? They got PSG. Oh, as they go. As <laughs> weeks out. go. That is one. It's a decent week for me. <laughs> this is the worst bit of your week. Yeah, exactly. Is, sitting right here with you guys is literally the worst thing I'll ever do. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like Galatasaray fans, when Falcao turned up and 40,000 people turned out to see him. And kicked the ball yet. I hadn't kicked him all. He hadn't even signed. So this is something we talked about on the podcast a couple of weeks back. We did a deadline day poll. We're like, which deadline day signing do you want us to talk about? People were messaging me like, why haven't you put Falcao to Galatasaray in here? And I, it was because the night before deadline day, he turned up to 40. And I just assumed he'd sign because 40,000 tw- 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 people. 25k at the airport. 25k at the airport. 40 at the un- unveiling. 25,000 people turned oh, up man. at the airport. I was like, well, obviously he signed. It was just talks. Yeah. Just, come to, just come to have a chat. <laughs> and and like, like, please, okay. come to Galatasaray. Please. Imagine if you're like... going to pick up like your sister at the arrival. <laughs> At the, at the airport, like, sir, I can't get to you at the moment. Falcao's <laughs> here. Like, you are in for experience, I reckon, because I that's be. deserving of a number one spot. I think Absolutely. people look at other rivalries that they'd probably be tempted to go to ahead of it. A lot of people probably say like Barcelona and Madrid, but <clears> I think the passion and probably a bit maybe the hatred of each other as well and the fact that in Turkey, I think they're the two best supported teams in Turkey, goes outside of just the city. It's such a big deal over a hundred years of like history between the two teams like and they never let each other forget it's gonna be so intense inside that stadium man (laughs) i'm like give me on a fight right now (laughs) i'm very very jealous this is this is right up there with the things that i'd like to do most but also at the moment gala's team is so fun it's like made up of Loads of players who have just done it around Europe for ages. Ryan Babel, yeah. Falcao, as you said, Mario Lamina, who was linked with United all summer and then mm-hmm. signed for Galatasaray. And, and suddenly you're like, oh, she's quite a good side. Ryan Babel's made one of the greatest comebacks for any player. player. Like he just was out of the public eye for so long and then it pops up in a, a Holland shirt, like just balling. And I was like, I thought you were dead, man. <laughs> <laughs> Just comes back with pink hair alive and scoring goals. Like, He's only 32. Live exactly. your life, man. Do I mean, what when you he do. Signed, when he signed for Fulham in January, everyone was like, why have we signed 32-year-old Ryan Babel? Like, what on earth are we doing? And then he was unbelievable. Yeah. We were like, player of the right, season, basically. Yeah. Season. It's like, oh, that's the, that's the player Liverpool thought they were getting. <laughs> it was, yeah. Oh, dear. Um, I mean, this one is. This is so talent. good. Yeah. Sam, what have you got on your bucket list? And before we get onto the old Twitter and Instagram responses. Well, I didn't, so I didn't put together a definitive top five. I just tried to think of some slightly off-paced ones that I would add into the mix, yeah, know, yeah. knowing that Aaron would, would, would cover some of the big bases. Um, and just riffing off that last one, Besiktas is obviously the other major Turkish club. And I've seen videos of Champions League nights where the entire stadium is jumping up and down together. And it just looks absolutely yeah insane and if I had to pick one Turkish stadium to go to I would actually go to Besiktas not that you're just as the meme Sam is coming to Besiktas (laughs) and then outside of that I've been to I've been to Prague twice and not seen Slavia or Sparta which rankles with me a little bit I have seen Dukla Prague play Bohemians Uh, that was basically taking place at a school with a racetrack and a a local fire engine stopped by for the first (laughs) half just to watch it was actually kind of weird but I feel like I should do that um, and there's also the Tehran derby in Iran, Esteghlal against Persopolis. Yeah. Sorry if I've butchered the, the pronunciations, yeah. but that is 
That is red versus blue. You don't know that. You don't, I'm pretty you don't. sure I know that you've butchered those. Well, I, don't, I don't know how to do it, but I know that you've got it wrong. <laughs> go, on, go on, give it a go. No, no, no. Oh, no, don't, don't, worry about it. It don't worry about it. Um, I'm sure everyone will know what I mean, but it's like it's kind of got that classic kind of red versus blue um, bit, which is like, well, for me, I don't know what it is about the contrast of those two colours, and it, it reminds me a lot of other rivalries like Liverpool-Everton. And whenever I see Liverpool and Chelsea play as well, I like the contrast of those colours. For some reason in my mind, it screams rivalry. But that stadium is absolutely massive, and it's had like over 100,000 people squeezing in and climbing up the floodlight poles to have a look. And the last one is the Azteca to watch Mexico. Mm. Yes, this is a, a very great good shout. I would, like, I would like to see that passionate, like rabid crowd screaming on for a Mexico side. Hey, if it's against the US to make it, give it that bit more needle, fine. But I would honestly accept any Mexico game because their level is constant. Oh, it's constantly at least nine out of 10. So I, w- I would take the Azteca as well. You've been around for about a hundred years. So I imagine you've completed most of your bucket list. But yeah, not there must be a couple of things on it. I do think though that when you talk about bucket lists, like it's fair, everyone just goes towards like big fixtures they want to go to. And may, mainly that comes down to derby matches. It's just a natural thing that everyone does. And for me, like, I'm going to go away from that a bit because, you know, it's, it's one, it's obvious, and two, it actually doesn't excite me completely anymore because I've been watching football for, like, such a long time. Anyway. <laughs> there's the two jaded things crew that, over here and the happy boys on this. <laughs> there's two things I like on my bucket list, I guess, right now. One is that one thing I've always wanted to do, and I need to get on with this soon because time is ticking. <laughs> I want to go and spend an entire season in Spain and like immerse myself in that culture and how they watch football, how they live football and just understand it all better. Like it's all very well going in and out to watch the odd game and saying, oh yeah, I've been to this stadium, I've been to that stadium. But you don't appreciate it in the way that like what those local people are going through and like what it actually means to them. I think to spend a year in Spain and actually like learn a bit of the language, understand the clubs, like Say you went to like 10 Valencia games, but you were also popping off to Madrid and watching Atleti games and this kind of stuff. I need a lot of money and I need a year out to be able to do this. So you're trying to escape. (laughs) We've just started a podcast. He's had enough. He's had enough. I'm like four or five years away from retirement. You you lads need to start getting a replacement lined up. We've got him. (laughs) So Aaron's just here just to start with and then suddenly he's going to move onto that side of the table. I just get edged off this desk. (laughs) A new person comes on this side. Would you go to one club or would you like... Well, this is my thing. So like there's part of me is like, would I just follow one club through a whole season or would I like to get around and see a bit of everything and it's difficult and the only reason I probably wouldn't stick with one club is because they don't really follow their teams like we do in England you could write a book though I could write a book but I reckon it's probably been done well I've read quite a lot of them but there's not one not one I've come across about Villarreal so maybe that's just so I've got to go and follow Villarreal home and away for a season it's amazing it's really cool cool yeah I don't know if that's what I had in mind Um, (laughs) (laughs) I've just finished a book weirdly about um, Partizan Belgrade and about, it was about this guy who was from England sent over there for for work. It's called Grobari. It's by James Moore. And it's about him following Partizan, like falling in love with Partizan Brigade and following them around for an entire season in Serbia. And it's just such an interesting read. It's like it starts off, you're like, there's like 2,000 people at this one game. And then the next game, there's 20,000 people. Yeah. And it just like the way that it fluctuates. But it's such an interesting read. And that's read. it. I think to feel the actual highs, the other thing I'd like to do, like if you could get inside a football club properly and like, like how people make the documentaries throughout a season, to actually be part of that and watch the emotions that are involved in, in an entire season, seeing not only what goes on on the pitch, but like in the dressing room and at the training ground, 
the people that are kind of directing those kind of shows, that would be amazing as well. So I'm mm. going to do that at some point. The other thing, though, on my bucket list is the day my son walks out to play his first Champions League match. <laughs> um, as a left I like back. That. He's like one that. at the moment and he's he's a good player. It's <laughs> <laughs> top class. Yeah, I'll upload some videos. He's going to be a left back, isn't he? I'm trying to... He's right-footed. No, no, so no that's fine. I'm trying to change that at the moment. Yeah. You don't have got, to change it. Just make him two-footed, man. Just make yeah, him, I can make him two-footed. two-footed. He's got attacking tendencies. He attacks squirrels <laughs> and he attacks trees. Um, so, I need to make him become a bit more defensive, so I'm going to have to start like throwing things in his direction, see how he defends them. Catch. Um, Excellent. But the day that he makes, maybe not his Champions League debut, I'll settle for his professional debut. <laughs> oh. um, that's who's my your, who's your, who do you support? Hey? Who do you support? Fulham. So the day it's, he walks it's doable. up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is a doable. He'll be getting in 15 soon, years really. when he is Fulham's starting left back. <laughs> Absolutely. We've got to wrap this up. But before we do that, just we put this out on Twitter and Instagram yesterday to see what the general public thought. A lot of people wanted to visit Anfield and the Westfalen Stadium. A lot of people wanted to witness Lionel Messi in the flesh. A lot of people who want to see the Super Classico, as we mentioned. But shout out to a couple of people. Copy underscore 27 on Instagram, whose answer was get on the pod. Which Top is man. phenomenal stuff. No, really, it's really not impossible bad. either. No, no, no. Dean's on his way out. <laughs> yeah, we're looking for replacements. <laughs> David Howan said, ran onto the field in El Clasico and not make Ramos before being headbutted by Zidane. That is so specific. Yeah. So specific. So specific. specific. You may He's only got have two till... weeks left. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you may only have till Christmas to get that done. Got one Clasico, <laughs> And then Rod Simba said he'd like to attend Neymar's sister's birthday party, which amused me. Fair. And Thirsty Bass as well, with something that I really, really vibe with. Live out the entire world. World Cup month in the host nation going to as many games as possible which oh, I think that's a is a really one. really good answer that is a good one but this has been fun a lot of fun uh, but the fun isn't over and we'll be back after the break to play that famous roulette welcome back rank squad Aaron West is still here Dean Jones is still here Sam Ty is still here I'm still here obviously as well let's spin that wheel Sam let's get this going what is the more intimidating away game, Dortmund or Napoli? It's a good question. I've only right, so I've been to Dortmund. I've never I've I've been to Naples twice. I haven't been to the San Paolo. I'd never go back to Napoli uh, to Naples because I didn't like it. So uh, probably scared. Yeah, probably didn't like it. Intimidated. Were you intimidated by Naples before I, you even got to the stadium? No, because I no, I just I was about nine. Oh, okay. I didn't, <laughs> intimidated <laughs> so by most things. I would have been intimidated by yeah almost anything at that Get point. Own shadow, um, Sam. I'm not yeah I'm not too keen on Naples. <clears throat> So I'd say that's more intimidating. I couldn't even get to the stadium. I won't fly there. Dean? I don't find Dortmund intimidating. I think it's amazing. But I yeah. think as an, if I was an opposing player, I'd actually really relish playing there rather than be scared of it. Whereas in at Napoli, I mean, it's a bit of a weird stadium anyway because obviously the fans aren't that close, but they do seem quite... Raucous. Raucous, yeah. yeah, yeah, like, yeah. It does seem like it could quickly turn and they could... But then Shout some really what, nasty stuff at you. The lower tier is often quite empty. Yeah, it's it banned, isn't it? Isn't it closed? Is it closed permanently? It's closed or? for refurbishment. Or but even that, the, pl- the, place is, the place is proper falling down. It doesn't yeah. look like there are a place holes that would want in to play football. stadium, like literal holes in the stadium. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's, if you look in the upper tiers, there's videos of like, you can see down straight the place into is falling like, the floor. Like, it's literally falling apart. It always gets me about Napoli is that you can hear it from like outside. People they show videos where they're like standing like 300, 400 feet outside the stadium and it's still like unbelievably loud. Mate, I, think must be the most, I think it must be the most incredible thing. I'm, I'm hoping to get out to, to Naples for match day six. San Paolo is very much on my bucket list. Mm. Um, and I, I think it must be incredible. I'm, I'm excited to go as, as home support. Oh, I'm terrified of it. But yeah. I think that would be my answer. Yeah, it's got to be Napoli from me. Okay, cool. right. Spin for Dean then, Sam. That's what? 
I used to play football with a guy who ate an entire loaf of bread before matches. What's the worst pre-match ritual you've ever seen? <laughs> That's a fantastic <laughs> question. I mean, who wrote this question? Did you? Very much not me. It must not have been me, one of the mate. producers. Um, no one's owning up to it anyway. Um, if it was you, by the way, out there, someone, then let us yeah, know. Great God. question. Do not eat a loaf of bread before you play a game of football. A foot- whole loaf? That's not going to help you. Well, it, a couple of You can have a summer cake after about Was 10. it pneumonia matches? It strikes me as someone who might eat like a whole loaf of bread. I mean, I guess when I played a bit of like non-league football, um, there was a couple of the older lads that would have just smoke outside the dressing room literally before we were about to get, line up and walk out onto the pitch. I never really saw the advantage of it. They said it, it really helped them. But um, <laughs> as part of a pre-match ritual, I can't understand that smoking would be a great one. I don't think it helps. Although yeah. I've very often seen entire teams at half-time all go and smoke. Just, just, just in the yeah, in the, amateur in the, level. It's such yeah, a Sunday in, league thing. In the five-minute really break, yeah. the entire team is smoking. I'm like, that's surely not I helpful. I think a few people do it in Italy, though. <laughs> a bit yeah. more accepted. Well, didn't Chesney famously have a cigarette in the shower? Yeah, that's yeah. right. Although he's, not, he's a keeper, he doesn't have to move that much. Yeah. Sarri can't criticise him for that. Absolutely. <laughs> They're just in there together having a schmork. <laughs> Aaron, what's the worst you've seen? Uh, I haven't seen too many bad pre-match ones. Um, a teammate of mine in college used to, after matches in training, just get completely naked, except for his... Every, like his 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 shin pads, his boots, and just like walk around, which everyone was naked all the time, like in the locker room. That's just normal. But like he would just do everything for way too long naked. Like, <laughs> like he we'd all be watching TV like thirty minutes after training, like we're all watching a match or something. He's still naked, and it's like, bro, take a shower, number one, and like put some clothes on. Yeah. Like you're swinging around and everyone's wearing clothes, like. <laughs> It's Not cool to be naked back. when everyone is just like changing and chilling. Like <laughs> now it's too long. Now you've been taking too long. <laughs> The worst, the worst pre-match ritual, not food-wise, but ritual I saw was one of my teammates who just consistently turned up five minutes into the game. Yeah, that's bad. Because that's really just really annoying, isn't it? And also you don't get to warm up. The mm. worst thing I've done pre-match in terms of food is I ate an entire tin of soup half an hour before I played and I felt it glogging and sloshing around in there the entire damn time. It was horrendous. I reckon Jack's got into games drunk. What? So, let's talk about this. So, when I was at uni, we, we had different leagues. There was about seven leagues. All the different colleges had teams A to F. The captain then made a rule that you weren't allowed to play on the Saturday unless you came to a social on the Friday night, which was like a full-on you know, real football social and everyone every week would turn up hammered. No one could play for the first half. They went at halftime 1-0 down and by the second half everyone had to sober up. We won all our games like 8-1 and That's all fun. of our goals came in the second half. That's a lot Giving yourself a little like, Comeback kings. A, a obstacle to yeah, exactly. overcome. Well, the captain was a, a guy called James Cass who was a brilliant footballer and he, he was just a really big geezer and every time he'd roll the ball, you'd roll the ball back to him at the start of the second half and he'd just shoot and he scored something like 23 goals from the from behind the halfway line. And you got to question the level you were playing a, at. It was just a whole lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> can't, really, can't really complain. Where's can't the scouting in front of you? Right, where's, where's the scouting? Exactly. Come on. Right, there are no nonsense rankings this week because we have a special guest segment. We know you love the Champions cartoon and so do we. And so we're delighted to break the news that season three will be starting next week. And in honour of that, we did a special segment. This is what went down. Sam and I are joined in the studio by two genuine Bleacher Report legends, the genius minds behind Game of Zones and, most importantly from our perspective, the champions. The greatest animation of all time ever in the history of the universe is Adam and Craig Malamut. Lads, thank you so much for joining us. Our pleasure. Thank you. Do we win the balloon door? <laughs> you, I think... <laughs> 
I think I mean it's been yours for a while. I think it's, it's one of those. Yeah, we got three balloon doors. Just do us a favor quickly before we begin. Like, just explain uh, like kind of your role in in the production, just and the differences between what you guys do. In season one, we wrote it and we directed it. And we do a lot of the voices. Season two, we were on Game of Zones, so we brought in some talented writers to kind of fill the void that we we left there. Although we did come back and do the voices and gave a couple of sporadic notes on things here and there. Now coming into season three, we're back. We're actually partnering with some of the writers we used on season two, and it's going to be like a hybrid thing. But uh, we'll be we'll be doing some directing, we'll be doing some writing, and it'll be very collaborative. But and doing the voices of the characters who we normally do. Yeah, and I would say that between the two of us, we overlap a lot in what we do specifically, although Adam skews a little bit more towards doing, he does a, a, more voices and a little more of the writing, and I do a little more of the directing, uh, and I stitch together the audio, so it, all the comedic timing and, and the sound effects and the music and stuff like that. Let's flip it on to the kind of three characters who are the most fun to voice, mm. because... Well, I mean, while there are characters, right, there must be some who stick out just from a voicing perspective almost. Yes. All right. So there's going to be a default number one here that I think requires we all, some special effects. <laughs> um, we'll leave and, that one to last. Uh, so we'll leave that one last. But let's see. I have, I have I thought about this. I thought carefully about this. So obviously I'm going to get this one out of the way. We already talked about it. It's like Pulisic, super easy. Definitely my favorite to voice because he's really hard to mess up. It's just like, what? You guys got burgers? That's awesome. Uh, that's easy. Um, what about, uh, I think Klopp is probably... Jürgen Klopp, yeah. So one thing uh, we do is we... Actually, no, he talks through a smile a lot, and to warm up for him, I do sometimes like Arnold Schwarzenegger, even though he's Austrian, it gets us in the mode, so it's like, get in the chopper, yeah! And it's like, the <laughs> pep... Jürgen, I'm Jürgen, and uh, I do the German, and I am smiling, and I hate pep, and uh, but I'm happy, and Liverpool has a great chance, and I really want to win the league. Uh, some, it's basically just me, my go-to German, smiley German voice. So you've got you use Arnie as like an activation kind of thing, like to get you into the zone. Yeah, so, yeah. Do you have that with other characters as well, or other accents? Do you have like a phrase or something you say to get yeah. you? In yeah, the zone? There's, there's something. There's... Well, when I do Griezmann, I'll always say "Avez-vous visité le parc." Which is a phrase that Adam learned <laughs> off of, like, uh, I want to visit the park. Oh, I mean, yeah, I was learning oh, French when I was going out there. Avez-vous visité le parc? And then I, I, right. I am Griezmann, and I want to win it. Yeah. I have made a decision. And it's like, I just have to say, avez-vous visité le parc? Visité le parc. <laughs> avez-vous visité le parc? Or I say, omelette du fromage, because uh, from, Dexter. from Dexter's Lab, that was, I learned that one from a cartoon. And I don't know if that's popular. That, you're in. Yeah, yeah, then I'm like, yeah. in the zone, I'm Griezmann. You yeah. are Griezmann. I'm playing Fortnite. I'm doing the dance you know <laughs> well, what we usually do actually is well and i know we're getting away from the ranks no, here, you're so good, you're good, you're good. Uh, a little you're tangent good. here um but uh we'll usually watch an interview with them and then hear something they say that sounds like very them and then say that over and over again like for a lot of like the brazilian guys or portuguese guys like football 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 yeah. say football and so uh like the, there are certain anchor words that we find in, in things yeah. but I, I don't know off the top of yeah, my head. Also, like neymar he doesn't speak english so i had to completely just make up how he talks on the show. <laughs> Where, oh, yeah. I just started like um, I was just like football. Like yo, Leo, what's up, my man? Like that's just how he talks. <laughs> that's just how you think he would talk. Like because we felt like yeah, if he was American, he'd be like, yo, I got a my entourage. We're we're gonna chill, man. And it's like a slight like 
Brazilian. Th- I don't even know. Like, honestly, though, it doesn't. It's, it's kind of how I think as well. It's, it's how I feel like he would speak English. Yeah. The moment he rolled off, yeah. Yeah. I was like, "Well, yeah. he's nailed. He's done. We're, yeah. we're in." Yeah. His character is basically two dimensional, and the dimensions are flopping and entourage. No, it's play acting, Craig. Play acting. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Forgive me. That's my pulis is coming out. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> so anyway, we didn't get very far there, but okay. So vo- other voices we like. Okay, obviously Mourinho with a uh, respect, respect, man. I'm the special one. How dare you not talk about me? Unbelievable. I am the special one. Pretty straightforward there. Although Portuguese again is a hard accent because it's kind of sounds Russiany yes. and it yes. also yes. sounds Spanish. Yep. And so we ended up just bumbling through that in a way that switches between Russian and Spanish. It's such a funny kind of you don't expect it to be as like coarse and rough yeah. as it is as a language. And then you're like, oh, Spanish is really like flowy and nice. Yeah. And, and so is Italian. And then suddenly at the bottom of it all is Portugal. And you're like, yeah, How have you got that? Accent? It's yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> it's so confusing. So that's why I just say futebol. Football. But I don't, I don't even know if that is Brazilian Portuguese or regular Portuguese. I think it's Brazilian. Yeah, okay, because we have to rush through these episodes, so we don't have time to do proper research. That's why everything's wrong. Uh, yeah, I'm that really should be our disclaimer at the beginning of every episode. I'm really right? excited to hear Jao Felix doing that in just two, two octaves up. Exactly. No, that's another trick we do, is we just modulate our voice in different directions. Based on the size of the person, yeah. yeah. Uh, so who else? Okay, so uh, we talked about Mondrich. Uh, we talked about uh, oh, Messi. Okay, so Messi's we talked about writing him. I want to talk about voicing him because it's fun because he'll be like uh like uh i don't know you know like something very simple he's like yes like what do you think of ronaldo he's like you know he's good and he's like he doesn't hold the candle to me it's ridiculous this guy is full of you know so like uh he (laughs) you you it's you switch back and forth and you kind of do it on the fly between uh pelota and messi and so he's fun to just be a it's fun because you get to be a muppet with pelota and just say it's like a rare time we get in double voice almost yeah yeah. you You better get neymar here do you do them simultaneously or do you do them separately we do them all separately it's all recorded individually we do the same line over and over but if you're doing messi and pelota Oh, no, no he, he does, Adam does both of them. Yeah, but, but I'll do, do them, them back to back almost. It depends, but a lot of times I'll just do it right then on the spot, like especially for taglines and stuff like that. So it, when we did the singing for the last episode of last season, that was separate. I had to, that was, I had to take time. Long way. <laughs> that was a long yeah, bit yeah, of content. Yeah, yeah. I don't uh, blame you. Yeah. But uh, usually we just record it on the fly. And then the number one voice, okay, we take some heat from this from Spurs fans, and it's not entirely accurate and probably kind of mean. But it's but, funny. You know, <laughs> I'm going to have to take us home now, England. <laughs> um, here we go. So first thing about Harry Kane. So we noticed when we listened to him is that there was a little bit of some spit that happens when he eats saliva and when he talks. And uh, I usually watch him first to make sure it's exactly accurate. But it's something like this. <laughs> I don't really love I'll take it. I'll take his I'll take it. I'll start Look who it is. It's Chelsea. We're back in the Champions League this year. Never. There it is. But keep in mind that. So I know that sounds silly, but what we really do, I spend hours watching him interviews, making sure to get this exactly right. So I'll notice how much saliva he has in his mouth when he's talking and I'll try and match that accurately with the water so yeah <clears throat> usually you know something like Harry tell us about uh, Champions League this year I don't understand why Ericsson doesn't want to play with me anymore <laughs> something like that is that, ac- is that factually accurate yeah, I mean, he seems to be um, at this point. And you guys know you guys know the accents is that right jeez <laughs> um, I mean 
I'm wildly into it. I think it's absolutely phenomenal content. Um, I mean, I don't know how into it he'd be. I, I, I will say this. I will say this about Harry Kane. He seems like I really like Harry Kane. He seems like a great guy based on what I know about him. Like lovely guy, lovely family, uh, and I root for him. But you know, it's a cartoon. Yeah, of and uh, when you when you see something like that, you just gotta. You're yeah, yeah. It. If it makes him sad, but most but a lot of other people happy, that's good. Mess. That's cool. I think. Have, that's you, had, have you had like any uh, any blowback or uh, any reaction, positive or negative, from any of the the players that you've or people that you've voiced? Have you have you had anything personally from them or heard anything? I remember there was I think it was, it was Luke Shaw who liked the Mourinho episode, like on Twitter. No, it wasn't Luke Shaw. It was um, Martial, the guy who asked and, for a bigger Anthony. role. Yes, yes, yes. that's yeah. who it was. Okay, it wasn't Rashford. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Rashford, uh, yeah. Martial. Okay. Uh, and um, also, by the way, another fun one, Pirlo. Yeah, yeah Pirlo liked his episode with uh, with Ronaldo. Yeah. Uh, he thought that was funny. We heard um, no. I don't think there's been any negative things except from certain f- fan bases who didn't like portrayals of certain players. Named yeah, Harry. I'm sure Galatasaray <laughs> wasn't thrilled when we never showed them. No, the they were happy. They well, were happy. They, yeah, but like yeah. every episode, they'd be like, "Where's Galatasaray? Where's Galatasaray?" I don't know yeah. why they were so vocal. Um, but uh, but we definitely heard them, and so we made sure to put Selchuk Inan in. Yeah, for one word. Uh, <laughs> was yeah, 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 yeah. No, that was a lovely it, twist. It, was it one word? Was it one word? It might be a sentence too. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah but it was close. a sentence. Come on, it was yeah. that was an enjoyable. And match. that's more plot than a twist. lot of teams. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That is more than a lot. Of teams. Um, yeah. It was a good plot twist, though. I yeah, enjoyed it. Right. Thank so you. It's, it's it's even it's even greater to hear these these impressions in person. Uh, <laughs> superb. Absolutely, Thank you. Absolutely love the champions. So can't wait for season three. Um, can you give us uh, any kind of like cheeky preview without giving too much mm. away? Like, what mm. can we expect? Mm. Oh, more shenanigans for Ooh. sure. Uh, goofy jokes, bad uh, jokes, good jokes. Uh, Thorgan Hazard. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. We'll get Jal <laughs> Felix in there. So we got some Thorgon yeah. and Eden, who's only in uh, the la- like the yeah Chelsea. Year. I mean, they're going to be in yeah. it this well, year. I say the two brothers are actually yeah. making their debut yeah. at the same time yeah. in the Champions League, which is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. So we- Chelsea in the Europa League meant you couldn't do a lot with, uh, right. with that. We just had that one wonderful line, welcome to the Europa League. Right. right. Yeah, that's, that's a big one, a meme, in, meme in its own right. So, uh, yeah. Oh, uh, okay. yeah, yeah. Really people is. love that. Oh, oh. Like, oh, that's awesome. People use that as a reply to like official club accounts who drop into the Europa oh, League. Oh, that's... I love oh, that. Makes that. Really happy. Yeah, that makes me happy. <laughs> you see the ripples you're creating. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The I impact you're having. Yeah, that's great. I, important. Uh, I love when something becomes a meme that, that from our stuff. That's yeah. great. Keep doing that. Yeah, but not, meme thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. more, more doing, memes. Yeah, more memes. Uh, yeah, we don't. You know, we're not. We're not out here trying to make memes. You know what I mean? We're not but trying to change happens, the world. It happens. <laughs> you know, we just take it one joke at a time, really. Uh, but uh, but yeah, next season will be good. I can promise you that. I'll be really tons fun. of Atlanta content. Yeah, 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 yeah. It'll be mostly Brad Guzan jokes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh no! So also Atlanta. Yeah, exactly. The Atlanta Atlanta crossover is something. I'm uh, wildly, wildly yeah. excited for. So. Don't get too excited. <laughs> we might be cut out of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Well, boys, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Oh, thanks for having us. Glad so, we could contribute some meaty football conversations and really get into the nitty gritty of uh, some tactics. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, this show, it gives you all of it. All of it. Everything you could possibly want. Thank you so much to the Malamutes. Get hyped for the Champions Season 3 launching next week. And if you don't know what we're on about, then bang the champions into YouTube and get involved with the best cartoon series in football. It's honestly 
different gear. It's yeah. brilliant, brilliant content. And that is us all wrapped for this week. So all that's left for me to do is to say thank you so much to Aaron West for joining us and for joining the Rank Squad. Do you want to tell the squad how they can see more of what you do and, and keep up with you on your travels? Go beyond, <laughs> go there, and you will see me. I am also at A-Y-Y-Y underscore West. Hey, I'll be off football, and you will, you will definitely be seeing there. what Aaron's doing. So thank you so much to Dean Jones. Good, mate. Thank you so much to Sam Tsai. Thank you. I've been Jack Collins. We hope that you have enjoyed today's episode. Remember to get involved in all things pod using the hashtag BRFootballRanks. Get us on Instagram. Get us on Twitter. Please keep sharing the pod. Please keep telling your friends. Please keep giving us ratings, reviews, iTunes. Peace.